Hello there. Hello. So, once again, I ask you, what is this? Uh, this is the Happy Fun Time MMA Extravaganza Podcast Forever, going seven years strong. Seven years strong, baby. So, what happened last week, Christian? Can you tell me? Uh, quite a few fights. Um, Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier fought, but... You know, who cares about that when we got Julia Stoliarenko getting her first win against Jessica Rose Clark? So we're starting already this thing, right? Yes. So that was the the first prelim of the night. Um, so it didn't last very long. So what are, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, Jessica Rose Clark became a bad MMA fighter because she refused to just be a striker. So, like, she's been trying to do shit to kind of work her grappling into, into fights more, but it's backfired almost every single time that she hasn't fought someone that's really overmatched, and the only matchup it's really worked in was a fight where she was already going to win on the feet if she just had her old striking skill set, which has never been that deep either. Like, she's not a great striker. She's just a better striker than she is grappler by a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's not that she's, bad. she's a bad grappler, but when you're, like, a, a bad wrestler... You're very limited on what you can do with your with your grappling. And and now on top of that she got armbarred like twice in a row. Like that's so embarrassing. Even even at women's mountain weight, no good. Yeah, and, and she got into that big thing where she was saying she just wants to eat burgers and lift weights. So if you're going to keep doing that, you're just going to be an undersized uh, bantamweight. Like, she, she's still not, like, the size of other bantamweights. She's just jacked. Yeah, she's jacked, but uh, it's like, uh, like, Jinju Frey. Like, they're jacked, but yeah. they're still smaller than most of the weight class. Uh, Stoliarenko is not big herself for the weight class, and she was a lot bigger than, like naturally bigger than than jesse yeah and, and soli renko we haven't really talked much about the winner yet but she did good she instead of losing like she did her other fights in the ufc ufc she won this time so that was pretty neat they they had like a really aggressive series of striking exchanges that i don't even remember how they got to the ground but they got to the ground and then she immediately armbarred Jessica Rose Clark. They got to the ground and Jessica Jessica Rose Clark was losing immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and that was pretty much all there was to the fight. Um, and then the fight right after that, another Jessica lost. Jessica I lost to Macy Barber. No wait. Um. So do you think uh, Jesse Yes gets another fight? Uh, I don't think she should. I think if she wants to cut to flyweight, like, maybe yeah. get another chance. I don't think she's doing anything at all at 135. I mean, imagine imagine her, like, going at it with, like, Julia Avila, you know? Like, mm -hmm. she'd get fucking wrecked. Stoliarenko obviously gets to fight another day against who? Sincerely, I, I, I should try harder, but I don't give a shit, so... I... Yeah, I don't know, like Alexis Davis. Yeah, actually, that didn't they fight already? Probably. 
Yeah, yeah, Stolyarenko already lost to Davis. So. Then do it again now. <laughs> I mean, the, the UFC is not, I guess, doing the the most pointless rematch rematches of all time. I mean, we already saw like Shukagian versus Maya too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, Jessica I fought Macy Barber, and it was not a good fight. No, it was uh, it was quite frustrating from Jessica I because she kept like shooting in on decently timed shots where she would circle Macy Barber to the fence to let Macy defend using the cage. That happened like three or four times. She had like a clean shot and then instead of circling the other way and finishing it in the in open space or, or just like stepping through behind the leg, she would run her over to the fence and give her all the time in the world to get under hooks or, or like brace herself. Yeah, and... And she has no finishes of takedowns on the cage. Like, like she dropped for a for a very bad single leg a few times, and no no serious attempts at a double leg takedown. No attempts at serious like clinch takedowns either. Um, Jessica, when when she was trying to jab Barber, she was having success, but then she turned her jab into clinch, into clinches all the time. So it was very very frustrating. Because this could have been like a like a a harder test for Barber to clear, and even in a very easy like test that she had, she didn't get to look good. I mean, Barber looks crap to be honest. I mean, not crap. She's talented. She's physical, but how do you get pushed against the the cage the whole fight and you do you do not adapt? I understand that she was winning the fight there, but that's not a a place you want to fight your fight, you know. Yeah, and I believe in her current string of fights, she has a robbery over, uh, who was it, Miranda Maverick? Yeah, she did not win that one. Yeah, she she's like, she's definitely decent. Like, she's going to hang around for a little while longer, especially since the UFC loves her and she's young. But she is not able to, to like, do much yet. Hopefully she gets good. Like I, I don't. I rarely want to see someone become worse. Yeah. I think the problem with Barbara is that she she's not adding the the things that she should be adding to her game. It's the, definitely like, a coaching issue as well. It's like her yeah coaching her. Yeah, it's bad. I mean the the whole system doesn't make sense. For example, I we talk about Gary later. And I do not like that guy, but but you can tell that the the coaching staff is putting like a decent process together. That's not happening with Barber at all. She's like she can hang everywhere because she's athletic and she has like a good feeling for fighting. But and a team alpha male now. Yeah, so she will get better, especially at scrambling and in the clinch. But I mean, I don't know. She's not putting together something to win against decent opposition i think yeah just guy is about as light of a touch as you can get at that ranking level because just guy flat out has has like never been very good um, i love just guy by the way yeah i mean i mean jessica I was was a lot better during her prime but oh, yeah. she was she was very reliant on being physical and it's clear that she's not that physical anymore and and the thing is that barber like didn't have trouble winning the fight but you want to look good in this kind of fights, and I don't feel she she looked pretty good to be honest. 
yeah, just guys, the especially shot just guys supposed to be a fighter that you get and then you put a showcase on. Like even like Joanne would kind of beat the shit out of her in their last fight. Or when they fought in like early twenty twenty one. Yeah, most most fighters would like I mean I mean Jessica like for example fought like a very decent fight against Jennifer Maya, but Maya was able to adapt and like start winning very convincingly down the road. Uh, same with Jojo. Now, Barber didn't. Like, they had the same ex- stupid exchange over and over again, and, and she won, but no one was happy about that. Yeah, and also, can you um, just... Let's just take a second to acknowledge how lucky Jessica I was to get Macy Barber, because her three prior fights were cancelled bouts with Andrea Lee, then Manon Fioro, and then Casey O'Neill. Yeah, those would have been d- brutal retirement th- fights. Those are a lot more rough, yeah. Yeah, Andrew Lee's just a lot like more experienced and kind of has her game put together better and is more violent. Then Manon Fioro is the athletic force of the division right now. Who are, yeah, I mean, like, I, wait, I, this, I hate Fioro, but, oh, but, yeah. but she's she kind of a monster. <laughs> yeah, like physicality-wise, that's a matchup where she should probably knock the shit out of this guy. And then Casey O'Neill is, like, the inathletic buzzsaw of the division right now. Yeah. So, uh, she got really lucky to give her Macy Barber. Yeah, because Barber is, like, in that same, like, athletic level, I, I would say, but but she she just doesn't have a game to, to do anything, so... Uh, yeah, like, the most violent thing about her game is her clinches, or her clinch elbows. But she doesn't but, have, know, like, clinch entries. She, he, she can't control people on the clinch either. So, I mean, it's rough, yeah. It was rough. Um, but what do you think about, like, Andrea Lee versus Macy Barber? I think that's a good fight for both because Macy Barber could win that fight off of just staying in there and Andrea Lee could win it off of being more violent and, and yeah. having just better strikes, like like better mechanics on almost everything. Yeah, and it's, it's Barber against someone that is... That is dangerous on the other side. And can do combinations. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Grasso already put her in trouble with that. And made her look very stupid at times. So. As so, a former, like, flyweight. Or as a former uh, strawweight. strawweight. Yeah. So it, it, would, it would be interesting to see if Barber has actually improved or she's just been facing, like, lower level competition. Uh, we don't have to guess what's next for Jessica because she retired. Um, but maybe, maybe she starts fighting Bare Knuckle. Who knows? Because no, onto WWE. <laughs> because like Felice Herrick re- just retired, and now she just signed with with Bare Knuckle FC. So you never know. But yeah, she wants to be the next Undertaker. So go Evil Eye, I guess. So moving on to the next one, it was Andre Muniz winning a unanimous decision over. Uriah Hall. What do you think about this one? I thought Uriah Hall looked very old and even like his tendency to wait too long to do things was even more pronounced in this fight because I think this is an actual like a lot easier of a fight for him than his fight against Shoeface just matchup wise. But the difference is that against Shoeface he was probably at like his skill prime. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. 
and then in this fight he he was doing the things that he normally would do like he got out of having his back taken at the end of every round i think and w- started winning the round in the last like 10 30 seconds but it just wasn't enough and he kind of looked like he could have done that at any point he was just worried about gassing from trying to do it too much and if it failed so it, he just looked really tentative, and he always looks kind of tentative, but normally he'll pull the trigger a little bit more. It looks like he's the type of shot where he won't pull the trigger anymore. Yeah, he, he's going to be in that... Uh, what was the name of that bald guy that that guillotined fish in War Series of Fighting? Uh, Berkman. I think he's he's going to hit that like Berkman wall that you, you stop throwing at all. <laughs> There's no strikes in your fights anymore. Yeah, like Robbie until he realized, oh shit, I I should I was throwing punches in my prime. That's what's different from <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing now. <laughs> but we we we'll get sad about that later. But I mean, yeah. But this fight also, like, I feel like exposed a little bit, like Andrew Mooney's, because yeah. if you if you like are concerned about the armbar, the guy doesn't do much. Like the, yeah, his the ground and pound leaves so much to be desired. The ground and pound is not very good. The rear naked choke attempts were like actually bad for a black belt. Like, mm-hmm. like it was not threatening a lot uh, at all. He was all about the 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 ambers from the back take and and Holm knew they were coming, so they were like just there <laughs> during the fight. And as you say, it was very frustrating. Like if Hall would have taken more chances. He could have won, but but he did not take the chances until it was very late. Yeah, and, and though Muniz seemed like he was worrying way more about keeping position than than like going for the sub, it, it, Uriah didn't have any issue anytime he actually tried to get him off of him. Yeah, I mean, it was like, like it was like. I'll move here and I will like take care of my arm and everything was fine. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's impressive to me cuz I I expected going into the fight like if he gets Uriah's back in the first 30 seconds I think he's just going to submit him or or if he gets his his back I'm going to assume he's going to armbar him. But Uriah's uh training on Ultimate Fighter where he got armbarred by Ronda Rousey has really trained him for this. <laughs> So, it, I don't know. I was impressed by just the general level of Uriah Hall's grappling at this point. But I was really unimpressed with his ability to win a fight because he looked really old. Who would you put Muniz against? Oh, Darren Till. That's... Dar- Darren Till just pulled out of a fight because he got injured. <laughs> but, so, to kind of give him the opportunity. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's interesting because I feel like, like obviously as a as an overall grappler, Till is a lot worse than Uriah Hall. But I think uh, the distance management and the first layer of takedown defense might be better, just because like Till does more stuff. Even though he's not like the most active guy in the world, he he's more proactive about stuff and. Uriah was like just waiting on the takedown. Obviously, if Muniz takes Till down, it's over. But but it would be interesting to see what he does on the feet. 
Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, they're both ranked right now. Is Mooney's ranked? I think so. Yeah, I think he's ranked at least now. And and really, you'd, like, just kind of give him strikers until he can fight uh, some of the top guys that are able to grapple. Like Hermanson, I guess, is going to be fighting uh, Chris Curtis now that Darren Till's out. So just wait for Hermanson to lose that fight because he's going to get fucking smoked and then have him fight Andre Muniz. That would be a pretty cool fight. I feel I feel Hermanson fucks Muniz up. <laughs> yeah, probably. Especially if it goes long. Like, And, and Muniz looked pretty tired. I mean, she, he didn't look like his speed, but he started to look a lot more sloppy down the road. So it would be interesting to see how his game holds up against someone that can grapple back. But yeah, I mean, what about Hall? What what would you give him? I I guess I mean, the retirement is what he should do. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure he's going to do that. So no, probably not. So Tavares, I guess that we're going to oh, talk about that, next. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is definitely a good idea. Just let them strike, you know. So talking about Tavares, what happened in his fight with Dricus Duplessis or Duplessis? Uh, I think. Well, the first round, uh, Duplessis made the mistake of like tripping or something, and then trying to grapple Brad Tavares. It looked like he pulled him on top of himself, but then in his post-fight, he said like he slipped or something. So I guess I'll take his word for it, <laughs> because it's a terrible idea to grapple Brad Tavares in the first round if you're a knockout guy, given that you're only gonna knock out Brad Tavares if you catch him cold in the first. Yeah, and and also like the one thing that Brad Tavares is very good at is defending takedowns. Yeah, everything else he's just decent at, but he's like, he's very fucking good at <laughs> very at, good at defending yeah. takedowns. And then you look at his knockout losses, and it's like knockout in the first round to Shabazian and Whitaker, and then he got knocked out by Tim Boach in the second round. And that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he, he's he's definitely like susceptible to getting chinned early, but he's he has a tough fucking chin, and this fight showed it because he's passed it. It looked pretty bad against Omar Yakhmedov. But he was taking uh, everything Duplessis could actually, like, put on him. I mean, he, he wasn't, like, even, like, visibly hurt by anything. And Duplessis, like, as bad as he is, he, he throws fucking heat. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it was it was bad performance by Tavares because Duplessis, like, gas first and was the less technical fighter. And when you're the more technical guy that is fresher you should win that fight all the time and Tavares like just went into full sparring mode and allowed Duplessis to get back into the fight and Duplessis to to his credit to his credit he he showed some adaptations um he's he stopped doing the bad uh bitter bell for cosplay and started throwing his stupid strikes from from a stance instead of just shuffling his feet and it worked a lot of volume and he kept the power like to the finish of the fight so that was that was impressive to be honest yeah it 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 feels like duplessis entire 
career is just building to getting really easily decisioned by Christoph Yatko. <laughs> like, I, I'm waiting for him to get that matchup at some point in his come up and then be like, oh, hell yeah, the streaking guy is going against the split decision guy. He's going to knock out the split decision guy. And then the split decision guy is going to split decision the fuck out of him. Yeah, Jotko is like less skilled Tavares, but actually knows what he has to do to win fights. <laughs> yeah, he knows what his game is. It's a neutralizing outfighter and southpaw asshole that will clinch you if you get too aggressive. I think that would work, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like the way to beat Duplessis. Um, I, I think the UFC likes Duplessis because they like racist guys. So. <laughs> so he probably gets like a higher step up in competition, but if not, uh, I would I would agree with the Jotko fight for sure. Yeah, and then for Tavares, as you said, probably fight Uriah Hall. Yeah, let the let the old guys strike. Let them have fun. I don't know. So, let's move on to the next one. What was yeah, it? Gabe Green versus Ian Machado Gary. Ian Machado, my ass. What happened in this fight? Uh, <laughs> uh, Ian Machado Gary. <laughs> he Ian, got... Ian the future Machado Gary. <laughs> he won a pretty easy decision over Gabe Green. Gabe was putting him on the fence most of the fight. But it just it didn't really matter because he was a lot slower, and the the reach difference was really substantial. That it was multiplied by the the speed difference, just kind of a mismatch athletically. I mean, but Gabe Green hung in there by being strong and tough and like yeah, I mean, being kind of smart. Green is also like athletic. He's not especially slow, but but yeah, I mean, he got Gary to the to the cage and didn't do anything with it <laughs> yeah it, it was very much like uh like watching shit what, what's his name the, the guy who fought like 11 times this year fialio yeah it was like watching fialio versus michelle Pereira. like you just got a guy that's more athletic than him and, and kind of dynamic on the fence and then was too scared of getting countered to when he could have just like yeah, a body shot the only difference is that at least Fialio, like, put in on Pereira for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. He'll, he'll, and he'll and Green, had, Green had tools to do stuff. Like, like on his previous fight, he, he showed some, like, great bodywork. And here it was, like, someone told him that you cannot hit uh, Ian, the future Machado Gary, to the body, I think. So, and it was... It was not a good performance. He was tough, uh, but to be honest, that that only allowed Gary to look good, and and even then, I think Gary didn't look that great. He's very promising, to be honest. Here, uh, he's I agree. As, as I said, he has a, a well put together game, but he has he still has big flaws, I would say. But he he would be fine if he keeps fighting this level of competition. He's too athletic and too smart to lose to these guys. Yeah, his personality is very grating, but as a fighter, he's, I don't have that much to complain about. He's so fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah, he's like a 24-year-old who uh, 
is is just like a huge fan of of someone that he watched when he was young or watched when he was like a late teenager it, it feels like he he definitely has like some some like health issues <laughs> like he he's not like he doesn't seem like a healthy person mentally to me so it's it's so weird because he tries he really wants to be connor but oh, you can yeah. tell their their personalities are nothing alike no he seems like a a well-mannered dude like he he's, he doesn't seem like a bad person which connor mcgregor has a little bit of a bad person in him that just got exacerbated by money and in like success but it was always there. Like, Connor's always been a bit of a shithead. Whereas yeah, yeah, Ian Gary sure. doesn't have, like, the same violence that leads to you finishing people. So he just outfights and, and has, like, you know, decent positioning in exchanges. And he picks his moments well. His his accuracy is really kind of annoying at this point. Because his last two fights, he's he's just had really good opportunities to like buzz through someone and then he misses like four strikes in a combination and ends with like a grazing head kick yeah if if you if you don't give him like the perfect counter he's probably not going to hurt you that bad uh, you can tell he hits very hard he's fast but yeah he has good optics too normally yeah yeah for sure um and it's weird that he cannot put uh combinations together because he trains at Sanford MMA and the whole thing about that camp is like we have takedown defense and we're the only guys with combinations, and 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 to to his credit, the takedown defense part seemed to be there for Green. He he looks pretty strong defending takedowns. Uh the combination part not so much. Yeah, hopefully he'll get there. Um, but even if he gets there, I just kind of worry about certain issues with his ringcraft. Like, he doesn't even have ringcraft issues that are only going to bite him against top-level guys. He just has, like, positioning issues that are going to be a problem if he runs into someone insistent or, or someone just aggressive as fuck that hits hard. Like, him versus Chaos Williams is a rough fight for Ian Machado Gary. Ian, the future yeah. Machado Gary. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Chaos Williams is a very rough fight for Ian, the future, my shadow, the future, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, because uh, Chaos Williams is... I mean, he's not dumb. He's very limited, technically. But yeah, he's, he's very fast <laughs> and incredibly powerful, so... He doesn't seem like he has full control over his arms, so no, I... He's... Like, he'll just be in a fight in his arms, kind of like a mind of their own. <laughs> the, the, the Baeza knockout is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's getting, he's on one, he's on one feet at the moment of the connection, I think. He's his other swinging. arm is going the other way. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of like a pincher movement. It's like a windmill, and, <laughs> and he kills him dead, like... <laughs> He has, like, his arms are kind of like that, that episode of Rick and Morty where uh, Morty gets, like, a, a ghost arm that, that has a mind of its own and starts going beating the shit out of people. Like, yeah, so he was just sitting there with his feet completely out of position, but the arms just one-punching people and crushing them. Yeah. <laughs> um, another another rough fight for Gary in that, in that same ball space is... Um... 
um, what's the name of that guy that beat Williams, the very tall one? Uh, oh, um, I I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I always know <laughs> the name of these guys, and and now I don't. <laughs> yeah, me normally too. But everyone knows who we're talking about. Really yeah, tall Ra- guy, Randy Brown. Yes, Randy Brown could be like troublesome for. For the future Rian, the future Machado, the future Gary. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see him really easily beating him. Uh, I, I don't think Gary would have anything to uh, anything for him. He would hate that. That is not that far off that yeah, fight. He would hate the the rich disadvantage so much. He would absolutely hate the, not having yeah. the rich advantage. And also fighting someone that's that can like go on the back foot really easily and isn't just going to walk at him and be seven inches shorter. Also, I mean, probably the UFC knows better than do this, but like Barbarina, Terry will fight for him too. Yeah, there, there's some crafty people. Like, if they want to give him a fight that's actually kind of a level test, give him Tim Means, because Tim Means has looked like quite a bit regressed lately. Yeah, Tim Means is too old and too slow, I think. He probably can win that, but but it would be a good test because the men's actually know how to pressure and and to hit you when your back is against the fence. Yeah, and Tim means is long, so him he might actually have the tools to make Gary look awful, and and kind of beat his ass. So it would it could you, go both ways. Would you trust him against Magni? Uh, no, I think Gary. I think that's way too much of a step up for yeah. Gary. Yeah. But Mag, we haven't even seen him grapple someone that's remotely competent, let alone someone that's six four and can grapple competently. So and has like twenty years of of life and combat sports <laughs> experience on him. So who do you think realistically they give Ian right now? Uh, the the guy who got knocked out in the contender series guy <laughs> his his debut the guy that's like 5 and 1 or 4 and 1 right now cuz that guy's like 510 <laughs> which one is that guy oh, I I can't think of his name there's so many fighters in the UFC it's not who, my fault who did he fight he fought uh the Austra- Jack Dillamadelena's opponent oh that that UFC very short team. guy like yeah. some mexican Guy, yeah, yeah. The, the guy is probably getting another fight in the UFC just because he signed the contract short notice. So they'll be like, oh, okay, give yeah. him another. So I could see that uh, being Gary's next fight if they don't want to give him a step yeah. up. I was pretty sure that guy was going to drop to to 155. But apparently he's like gets very fat off camp. <laughs> so it's it would be a rough cut. But yeah, I mean, they probably do that. Um that would be a step up, to be honest, from these guys, because at, le- at yeah. least that guy knows how to box. Yeah, that guy could actually be pretty difficult for him, but I, it's a deceptively difficult matchup yeah. for him that I think the UFC might not notice. Yeah, I think the they're, they would take things slow with with the future Machado, the future. <laughs> yeah, and then we had... Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone. Oh, we didn't talk about who they should give Gabe Green. Uh, a step down or kicked out of the UFC is my opinion. 
Uh, I mean, he's two and two right now. He probably gets another fight. Um, what's like very low level in welterweight right now? I don't know. Like, give him Mickey Gall. Yeah, if Mickey Gall is not if is not caught, like give him give him him. Yeah, I would I would say that's okay. Yeah, or like... or he could like fight that guy that beat Mickey Gold that he also looked pretty bad. Yeah. And any any permutation of that. <laughs> it it's kind of a wasteland at that part of one seventy. There's either one of the four good prospects in the division or just cans. Like we don't really have many it's... of the journeymen around one seventy anymore. The division's getting pretty rough, yeah. It's getting bad. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Jim Miller retired Cowboy Cerrone. And... and he was not winning that fight before the before Cerrone, like, because it wasn't even a head kick. Like Miller hit him to the body, and Cerrone kind of slipped. Yeah, Cerrone <laughs> did like a. Like a twenty percent landed head kick, and they both fell. It was so silly. Um, so Ronnie was looking all right early on, um, but Miller, I think Miller understood the matchup better than the first time because he was trying to be like the quick southpaw guy, and that's what you gotta do to beat Cerrone. Uh, on the first fight, he tried to like kick with him, and that was such a bad idea. And you can tell it was a bad idea because he got kicked in the head very hard and died. Yeah, and uh, then in this fight even, he got hit by a kick while kicking. It just didn't land very clean to his head and then he gillied him. Yeah, uh, so Cerrone won't fight anymore, so that's settled for us. Oh, for Miller, it's rough. Um he been getting wins against the lowest level of opposition. Um, do you think he, they keep giving him contender series guys, or does this win give him like someone more well known? I think they should give him the loser of the Clay Guida Dan Hooker fight. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, because they would both be rematches. Yeah. Uh, but like very winnable rematches at this point for him. Yeah, if if Hooker is if Hooker moves uh back if move Hooker is back at one fifty five and he still looks like shit like he did at one forty five, yeah Ian Miller probably can win that. He doesn't like he got knee on the head like super bad, right? Yeah. He he got finished hard by by Hooker in the first fight, but Hooker was like streaking at that point. Looked really good. Like, if the UFC still has, like, uh, a steel boner for Alexander Hernandez, they probably give him Jim Miller. And I wouldn't like to see that, because Hernandez probably kills him. Yeah, uh, but if he, he, might, but if he but... doesn't kill him early, like, Jim Miller might win that fight. Yeah, I think Jim Miller has a lot for Alexander Hernandez. I think I think he he would actually give Alexander Hernandez the business. It would be scary early, but 
if we go in, like into second round, Jim Miller probably figures him out. I mean, because he if, he does the same shit all the time. You know, if we think about who is a, a first round finisher recently, is Jim Miller. Jim yeah. Miller got a, a first round finish or late uh, no early second round finish in all of his last three wins. So, really, Alexander Hernandez just has to survive the first round. <laughs> okay, that's that's settled. Then it's, it's Jim Miller versus Hernandez <laughs> next. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, Cerrone can do like stupid old right movies or something. Yeah, he should go into uh, Bare Knuckle FC. It feels, like, so fitting for him. And if other people are going to it, like, like why do we get Paige Van Zant in Bare Knuckle FC, but we don't get Donald Cerrone? It just feels, it'd feel, aw- like, off-brand if he didn't go fight there. <laughs> Cerrone in boxing, like, makes no sense at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, he, like, it's, like, the worst aspect of his skill set by a fucking margin, but it, it's it's got like that machismo thing where he's he'd probably want to do bare knuckle boxing a little bit. It's bare knuckle, you know. <laughs> yeah, bar brawling. Oh my god, yeah. Let him do that. Let him like fight Mike Perry. I don't know. <laughs> or or fight the the let me bang bro guy. You know, Julian Lane lost to Mike Perry you know? <laughs> on bare yeah. knuckle, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's cool. Give him Cerrone then. Yeah. Uh, so next, uh, Jalen Turner fucking murdered Quake Riddell. Yeah, Brad Riddell looked uh, terrible. He looked tentative, got punched really hard while on one leg throwing a kick from too far away. Or, or not even too far away. Like, he was in range. He was just The issue was that he was in range against someone much longer than him. That is a power threat, and he didn't set up the kick at all. It's and like, then he got guillotined. Turner, Turner, like boxing range might be longer than Riddell's kicking range. Yeah, I mean it, it certainly is at this point. Like Riddell isn't even a long kicker. Yeah, no, he's like compact kicker. That's that's one of his biggest problems against uh, Fisiv. That it's also like a very compact kicker. Oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, Turner looked great. Looked fucking great. Yeah. R- really, all you could ask of him in this matchup. He starts so sharp. I mean, I've been talking about that so much, but it's true. Like, he, he, he begins the fight like he has two rounds already on the body. And that's such a good advantage to have against other fighters. Yeah, especially ones like Brad Riddell, who always look kind of poor in the first round. Yeah, he takes... He takes it too easy on the first round. Um, what's next for Turner? Yeah, because I mean, getting ranked at the one fifty-five is—it's ugly, you know. Yeah, I, I think Jalen Turner could fight. I mean, really, he could—he's ranked, or he should be ranked now because he beat Riddell. So you could oh. give him. Yeah, that's right. You should. They should he give is, him someone good. He is give ranked. Him fucking Gagey. <laughs> He's ranked and and Damir is also ranked. Maybe they oh, hell yeah. Maybe they, they pair them. them. Um, that would be great. Let turn I mean if if 
if Hooker like wins against Guida, I guess you can do like the, the, the lanky boys fight and let Turner be the the actually good long guy of the division right now. Yeah, let him knock out Dan Hooker like Dan Hooker was brought in to knock out James Vick. <laughs> it's the pass of the of the lank torch. Yeah. It, yeah, that's that's a... the way it is. You can't have the tall guys just fight no. the short guys. No. And James Big took it from from Joe Duffy first, so mm-hmm. it's a uh, it has some lineage. <laughs> yeah, it went from like a uh, tall short guy to tall tall guy <laughs> to short tall guy to, <laughs> to then when Joe Nagma will be tall tall guy again. <laughs> It makes complete sense if you look into it. <laughs> that, that's that's the way of the world. What do you uh, give? <laughs> give Bradville Terrence McKinney. I want that fight so badly. It's like, it's like just treating Brad Riddell and Drew Dover like they are the same person. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the same fighter. And if Brad Riddell is going to finish anyone, it would be Terrence McKinney. And if Terrence McKinney is going to knock out anyone decent in the first round, it's going to be Brad Riddell. <laughs> okay. Brad Riddell puts himself on the fence immediately in every fight now. <laughs> and gets, gets kneed in the face. Like, yeah. like, just like Drew Dover did. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be the exact same fight. This, just, the exact he same wouldn't fight, have, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have any power to put on Terrence McKinney the same way Dover could, but McKinney will just finish himself if you let him like so fucking tired. You. Yeah, he, he gets exhausted after, like, two minutes of exertion. So if Brad Riddell just hangs in there and, like, holds onto a leg for a few seconds, you know, he, he could actually get his first UFC finish. So um, I really just want to see that fight, like, just, you know, get, like a science experiment. Just yeah, see what let's, happens. Let's see if anything is different from the Drew Dover fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. So, so next... um. I'm informed that the Sugar Shan Commission has ruled this fight a win for Shan O'Malley. Yeah, I disagree with their judgment. Yeah, I think they're a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah, Sean O'Malley got kind of kicked up really easily by a short and slow... I mean, he didn't look slow in this fight because he was actually doing stuff while O'Malley was just sitting there doing nothing for the first round. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Pedro was doing, like, some cool shit that I haven't seen him do much of before in his uh, recent fights. Like, he he was just, like, setting up kicks with stance switches a lot. He was kicking with both legs. Uh, he was kicking, like, different, angle, yeah, different angles. Yeah, the game Neat. plan was uh, mirroring uh, the stance of O'Malley and just <laughs> blasting kicks. Uh, yeah. But he, but he was doing all right. I mean, I don't think it was the right approach. I think Munoz should have fought, like... He always does. That would have been more effective. He treated O'Malley like he was like a, a puzzle to be solved. And I think that's that's stupid. But at least the thing that he was trying was working. So, yeah, I agree. I think that he could have finished him before he even got finished by the eye pokes. Uh, if, he had, if he just fought like he does whenever he's fighting his A game. But I kind of respect it from like a like levels to this perspective, because he fought his like D game 
and was easily yeah. <laughs> beating Sean O'Malley. So if you can get uh, some time to like grind the XP and just do a kicking performance where you work on dealing with stance switchers, like how else is he going to prepare himself to fight, you know, like Corey Sandhagen? Like it, he was kind of just fighting like, oh, okay, well, this is a guy that I am levels better than. He, sh- yeah, he doesn't deserve to be in here with me. Take so away, I'll just kick him up. The takeaway from this fight is that Shito beats him like way easier the next time. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> or, uh, or like, I mean, if Ruffont like is not completely shot, he would murder like Shano Mali too. Yeah. It, it also kind of taught me that Pe- I already knew this a little bit, but Pedro, he isn't just like a madman that's like cool with taking shots on the chin. So if you get, give him a fighter where he has a path to victory against them that's kind of just workmanlike and he can just kick their leg a little bit, he'll do it. Like, he tried that against Frankie Edgar. He didn't really push for the finish because he didn't have to. And, and I mean, he should have because he got robbed. But, like, yeah. in theory, he should have won the fight clean. So it you can't really fault him too much for that. And then for this one, he was just on his way to winning a 30-27 or maybe a late low kick finish because right as O'Malley uh, poked him in the eyes, it looked like O'Malley's leg was getting kind of fucked O'Malley, up. As soon as the fight was over, O'Malley was clearly limping. Clearly yeah. limping. And, and yeah, I mean, I mean, O'Malley was having a, a better second round, to be fair. Definitely. Uh, but, but like he was not hurting Munoz at all with the, with the punches, and he yeah, landed he like still losing. He was he landed like three good punches to the head of Munoz that doesn't like, ever like even get rocked. So. Yeah, I think O'Malley doesn't hit hard on the lead almost at all. He really needs collisions, and I think Pedro was recognizing that, so he was thinking, oh. I'll just Oma- kick pa- him. Yeah, Shan's power is very. Uh, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, if you, he needs collisions, but also if you're if you're crashing into him, he doesn't hit hard too because Maltinho was like just recklessly pr- uh, pressuring, and O'Malley suddenly didn't look like a big puncher. So yeah, he pushes his punches really hard if you're like swarming him. But if you're just pressuring him and he if can you like, stay on his face, yeah. Stuff. Um, do you do you make these guys rematch or or do do you make do you make them take another fight? I mean, for me personally, I'm kind of just registering it as Pedro low kick TKO'd him in the third because <laughs> that's where it was heading. But I don't know. You might as well rematch him. Like neither guy got that badly hurt. And I feel, honestly, I think if Pedro just fought the first round going insane, he could finish O'Malley just by getting O'Malley to break his own hands. Do you know what I want? What? Feed him to Song Yadong. Oh, that's a fucking good one. <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous one. <laughs> just let just let Song kill him. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't even give him an old guy to beat him up. Give him just a fucking guy younger than a him. A younger guy. Knock yeah. him out. Yeah, make him the old guy that's getting knocked out. Because, because for example, against Janius, I guess, like, O'Malley has some weird path to victory, like, fighting from the outside and stuff. 
some would just like kick his leg so fucking hard. Yeah, and then he would get really close, and Buzz saw him with power combos. Yeah, because he's he's O'Malley not as scared. He's not as scared of, of exchanging hooks with anyone. Like he wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Song Yudong would have had like full power exchanges with Cody Garbrandt in his prime. Yeah, he and, and with zero fear in his heart. He probably did a team of male to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, isn't guess... there footage of Song Yong sparring hard with Chad Mendes? <laughs> Maybe I need to see that if that's real. But yeah, yeah I mean, but if they do the genius fight, I'm cool with that too. Yeah, I'd like that. I, I think I'd pick Yanez at this point. Yeah, I'd pick Yanez for sure. But and Pedro Munoz should fight uh, a different one of the guys they want to get ranked because he's either going to gatekeep them or if they can manage to beat him then they're definitely a top level fighter or if so, they're or they can like fuck it just make Munoz versus Umar that'd be good yeah because yeah, it's it, it's very dangerous fight for Umar let's see if the the hype is real yeah. you know yeah or, or maybe Jack Shore could uh, yeah. fight Pedro at some point I don't know if he's booked but yeah um, Shore is fighting Simon Oh, okay. That's well, very good if fight. He, yeah, it's a good fight. And kind of whoever wins that has earned a fight against Pedro, I'd say. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, I mean, not not very interesting. I mean, if they if they make the rematch, I'll, I'll watch. But, but I watch every fight, so it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, me too. So, so Robbie Lawler... Looked pretty good on the first round against Barbarina and then died. Why did yeah, that happen? He, uh, he defended too much because <laughs> he <laughs> he defended so many fucking punches in the first round. He looked really good defensively, um, which isn't uncharacteristic of Robbie. He's always at, or not always, but in his top tier form or time as an elite fighter, he, he had very good defense. Yeah, the and, defense, crazy. Yeah, and he was kind of doing better than he even did in his prime in some regards with like countering back off of his defense in this fight. But Barbarina is very adaptable and was finding like sneaky elbows at points. He was like finding the body really well against Robbie. Robbie didn't defend many body shots at all in the fight actually. And Robbie was getting shots of the body himself, but you know, when you're 40, you, you just can't really take the shots the same way you used I to. Mean, yeah. And, and at, at this old version of Robbie, Barbarina was like a sneaky bad matchup because Robbie is the kind of guy that tries to defend fucking everything. He doesn't bail out from the pocket. And Barbarina has the bullshit volume, but also like real volume behind the bullshit volume. (laughs) Yeah, he can like sneak elbows off of his, his volume or like do back fists. Just things that are like really annoying if you have a defend everything style. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that was even working against like a pretty pretty prime version of Vicente Luque, and and then Vicente Luque re- remembered he's like the hardest hitter in the fucking world and killed him. <laughs> yeah, it was something where uh, Barbarina won this fight because his opponent defends punches, whereas Luque won because he doesn't defend punches. He's I was like, like oh, I'll just get okay, hit by everything. I just get hit by everything, and at the end, I'm going to win anyway. Yeah, Lawler had to try and defend everything, and then 
by the time he was too tired to keep defending things and he had kind of been like hit the body a bunch he had gotten elbowed quite a few times his opponent wasn't really capitulating or going away from his offense there's a lot of things to disincentivize you from going forward and then Barbarian started getting the front foot in the second round and like put it on Robbie yeah, and Roy got pretty tired doing all the defense, so Barbarina's gas tank is great. Yeah, I was actually very impressed by it because he's looked worse in his last couple, several yeah, fights. Yeah, he, he, you know this fight was like very motivating for him. And I, I hope he can keep this form going moving forward. Probably doesn't have a lot of years of prime if this is still prime for him. But, but yeah, I mean, he probably gave us interesting fights moving forward. Um, let's assume Robbie does not retire. Who would you have him fight? Um, Nate Diaz. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, like it, there's a there's a storyline there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. If if there's someone like not as high profile. Oh, yeah, and that they cannot fight. But I, I would be okay with, like, Lawler versus Fialio. But they are teammates, I think, so... Yeah, we you could give Lawler some people that are going to knock him out at this point. I think that would be neat. Or, or actually, him versus uh, Ian Gary. That would be weird. They are, they are also teammates. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe people at 170 should stop training at the gym with the 170 champ. It's the only, like, a good camp at 170s, like, Sam for MMA. Yeah. They have, like, seven every, guys. Yeah, it's got, like, almost every relevant welterweight I could think of. I like, seven guys. Got that, Burns, that are, too. That are, they have Luke, Burns, um, Robbie, Fialio, Ian Gary, Machado, Machado Gary, and, yeah. and a lot of other guys, so. Um, yeah, so and, let's and talk all about. All were taught by Nick Lentz, ready to just get yeah. fucking sunned by Charles. Nick Lentz, the uh, best striker in the world from South Pole. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Barbarina? What, what does he fight next? I don't know. Like you could probably give him someone, like at the beginning of the, like the welterweight rankings, but also, I want to see him against like Jack Della Maddalena. Oh, God, yeah. Because Madalena's kind of earned that level of fight. And uh, is on a, a small win streak. I mean, um, Jack is looking to be like the, the athletic version of Barbarina, so he should pass the test. Um, If you want to, like, reward uh, Barbarina for this, do you give him, like, Li Jingliang? Or, Ooh, like... That would be neat. Or Jeff Neal, I, I guess. That that would also be a fun fight. I think Barbarina could beat someone like Neil Magny. Barbarina might be one of the guys that can actually beat Neil Magny. Um, he could also... I feel like he can beat Pereira. Yeah. Yeah, that's a difficult fight for Pereira. But also, maybe he throws enough to get Pereira to throw back and accidentally kill him. I think Barbarina like, beats Ponsinibio nowadays, too. Yeah, there's a lot of winnable matches for Barbarina right now, especially with the fact that he, him being kind of a journeyman his entire career made it to where some of the elite guys, he could knock the fuck out right now because they're way more shot than him. <laughs> yeah. 
let's just make the Colby rematch and, and let's oh, hope yeah. Barbarina kills him. <laughs> he would. Okay, I'm I, I mean, Yeah, and then it. speaking of uh, dumb assholes getting knocked <laughs> out, fucking Alex Pereira knocked Sean Strickland's head off. That was fun. Strickland was looking all right before the knockout. I mean, we know his footwork is super stupid uh, when when he has to move, but the issue he... is that's as good as he can look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why Strickland was like pressuring so hard. I guess he was trying to move Pereira back, so. But but he doesn't know how to pressure, so he was always going to end up like this, I guess. Um, yeah. Strickland was looking sharp, to be honest. When when he was in front of Pereira, he was he was seeing every strike. Um, he was looking alright, but then he got like he started like crossing his feet like an idiot, and Pereira was like, "Yeah, no," and he died. So yeah. It was, like, the most refined Strickland's looked, and he still landed, like, in total, a quarter of a jab and, like, a third of a teeth. <laughs> and and got knocked out in two minutes. So, like, he he was saying, oh, yeah, I was winning the exchanges before. Like, there, he didn't even enter an exchange. He was there, there so were, far in range was the no entire fight. Yeah. Uh, Pereira just had to move backwards, left kick him every once in a while to keep him circling around so that he wouldn't go to the fence. Instead of moving himself, he would just kick Strickland <laughs> to reposition him. And he'd be like, cool, on the back foot, body jab, just just pop that in, in every once in a while. Strickland was trying to parry the body jab like an idiot. Uh, I, It was kind of like he tried teeping, he tried jabbing, and then Pereira's like, oh, well, he, when he jabs, he'll just low kick him and then circle off to the center. He doesn't really have a rear hand. So then when Strickland had that weapon taken away, he was like, okay, I'll counter the only weapon he has left, his teep. And Strickland, like, overextended with the teep and got fucking killed with the left hook. Yeah. And then while he was recovering from being killed because he's pretty, in pretty good shape, he got extra killed by a right straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much that. Um, I think Strickland um, can still hang in the top 15. I mean, middleweight is pretty dire. He's still better than most of these guys, to be honest. Yeah. Um, who would you give um, Strickland moving forward? Um, A fight with... I mean, it's, it's difficult because Chris Curtis is like the only other interesting person and they're their friends i don't think they'd fight yeah uh, what about gasoline like oh that's an interesting one i kind of i think gasoline might have the goods to beat strickland but i also see why strickland could make that a really difficult fight for gasoline yeah i mean yeah gasoline like bounces a lot but doesn't have footwork either so he, he he's got give, better footwork though i think he would give strickland the the fight he wants um yeah or, like, if they want to bump Imabov on the rankings. I'm not sure Imabov wins that fight, but... But, yeah, Strickland versus Imabov, if they want to punish him. Um, I thought Gaslam looked pretty decent against Cannoneer, so I'd like to see Gaslam against someone like Strickland, who's going to give him opportunities to land on his head a lot, but kind of has, like, a mitigation style 
of defense more so than like cleanly defending anything. But that that mitigation style was always gonna get him knocked out. He was just gonna strike with Pereira. Like the the only path to victory Strickland even had in the matchup was to clinch him and kind of just annoy Pereira with variance or, or variety, because that's all you're gonna have as a as like a way to win if you don't have it in your back pocket to just be able to grapple the kickboxer. Yeah, Pereira was he was just levels above. Strickland in the striking and then and then knocked him out and he's also athletically much better and, and very large yeah yeah Strickland I mean Pereira is huge um do you give the title shot to to Pereira uh I think there's no reason not to because the only other fight you could really give him is like Rob Whitaker I mean and that's yeah I mean kind of pointless I mean, in one hand, like, it's a very good fight. On the other hand, like, he's super untested. Like, I would give him Vittori, but he probably loses that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, there's no reason to give him one of the wrestlers if they're already... They wanted to give him Strickland so he would knock out Strickland. And then yeah. people would get the trash talkers, get knocked out compilation ready, and then also get a guy ready to, for a title shot who What would you think if champ. they... If they give him Shimaev. That would be the funniest shit in the world. That is a, a, like a, if the UFC did that, it would be the most out of character thing they've ever done, but also would make tons of sense. Because both him and uh, Kimaev have a lot of things for Izzy, maybe. Yeah. Or, or a lot of difficulty for Izzy. So, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I think they should give Pereira the title shot because I kind of would pick him very confidently over Izzy right now. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I have this feeling that like Adesanya takes him down. <laughs> that that he definitely would try. I, I think, and I, and not I, because I, not because he's scared, like because he wants to like prove a point be, that he's the yeah. real like, mixed martial artist or some bullshit like that. Yeah, he'd be like, "This isn't kickboxing, bitch. I'm an <laughs> MMA fighter." And that's an issue that a lot of guys from that gym have, where they have just become MMA fighters, and their striking's gotten worse. Volk's the only one that's avoided that, like because Volk, Volk wasn't a kickboxer in the first place. But no, no, and yeah, and like, and they have solid grappling, like, like um, Riddell is a very solid wrestler. Yeah, they're all mm. decent, like decent at it but they should not have gotten better at it because it made the striking <laughs> skill sets regress and then the the benefits are not outweighing the negatives yeah yeah for sure why get better at offensively grappling when your thing is supposed to be striking just get better at defensively grappling and and have a few tools in, in your back pocket offensively if you need it rather than trying to develop a full-on ground game like hooker riddell and I th it seems like Izzy's tried. It, we just haven't gotten to see it much, because his striking has looked much worse. And we'll get to that in a, a yeah. minute. But like just talking about Pereira in the matchup, it's important to note that Israel won all but like forty-five seconds of their two fights uh, combined. Like Izzy got robbed really badly in their first fight, and then was on the verge of knocking out Pereira in their second fight. And then, and then he the got didn't stop it. <laughs> yeah, and then he got knocked out horribly. But, you know, 
it, that's Pereira's win condition. He against a snowball fighter, he'll get snowballed on, and then he can still be dangerous. I just think Izzy's gotten much worse at what got him to the dance. He's uh, not so. just snowballing anymore. I mean, we, no. as, as you said, we we talk about that later. But yeah, he's looked considerably worse at at getting his a game off. And, and it looks like he's more just content to jab and low kick and kind of just have better timing than a lot of the people he's fighting and, and have a good sense of general positioning. Because all he's winning with is someone playing the UFC game and just trying to get, like, no hit against the AI. You just faint, low kick, and then move sideways. And that's yeah. enough for pretty much everyone at that level uh, if you are just very diligent or they're scared of your aura. And also, like, it's falling in the trap of the lanky guy at MMA that he's relying so much on being long, and that's bad yeah. news against Pereira because he's just as long. And we saw that backfire against Blachowicz, so... But yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll cover that in a minute. Let's talk about the, the good fight right now. What was the common event, Christian? Tell me. Uh... Max Holloway got uh, fucking chumped by <laughs> Alexander Volkanovsky. I say that as a very large Max Holloway fan. I I was riding really hard for Max in this fight, but I want it to be stated I am about equal of a fan of both at this point. It's just fun to pick a team, and I picked Max. Yeah. And nothing about my opinions on the second fight has changed. I still think Max got robbed in that one. The fact that he got, like, yeah. demolished in this yeah, one doesn't make I him not think, get robbed. <laughs> I see. I think Max won the second one, yeah. Uh, but Volkanovski looked brilliant here. Like, yeah. he looks so good. I don't think it's necessary that we go into, like, technical details. Yeah, especially uh, since uh, since Dan and Tuman are covering that, it seems. Yeah. Let's just but, say, like, Volkanovski looked great physically, mentally. Technically, tactically. Yeah. And also in the biggest fight of his career. This is probably the biggest fight of both of their careers. Like, I think this was a even bigger fight for Max than uh, his first fight against Aldo. Yeah, it's it's just, like... It's so harsh to be, like, 0-3 against someone for your legacy. Yeah. Even, yeah, even, though, this... even though he won the second one, like... It's... Yeah, it's not on the scoreboard. Yeah. So, it, it probably, like, didn't ruin his legacy or anything, but it, it definitely made it to where Max is never going to be, like, number one in the fans' eyes. Even though, like, skill for skill, he may be pound for pound, like, all-time number one if we get, like, a perfect permutation of Max. Like, pretty much just Max from the second bulk fight might be the best fighter I've ever seen. And then we have bulk for, from this fight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, oh, he looks so good. Uh, so confident. It's, it it was very striking. Like, he was taunting Max from very early on. Yeah, it was almost like Max's gamesmanship kind of pissed Volk off. And then Volk's like, hey, motherfucker, I, play I played rugby. Like, I can shit talk <laughs> too, asshole. You're, you're not just going to fucking, like, jaw at me and, and then, uh, like, get nothing coming back at you. They're going to be like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Too fucking quick, baby. <laughs> he, it, it was actually really cool to see him 
like kind of show off against his best opponent. Yeah. Uh, and, and Max didn't look bad at all. It was just Max looked slower, but it was mostly Volk looking fast, more so than Max looking slow. Yeah. And Max has had fights in his last few where he kind of was just outspeeded. Like, Yair was a lot faster than Max, and that was kind of showing a lot of problems for Max, even with the hands. Yeah. Cater probably has, like, faster hand speed than Max. Max is just, like, quicker and has, has like, very yeah. short punches. Has but... quicker feet, for sure. Than oh, yeah, yeah. He moves himself a lot, a lot better, so that kind of covers up that his actual hand speed is worse. But this one, he got punished for his the hand speed difference because Volk's kind of like lower, and I don't really think Max likes punching down at all. So anytime he has to exchange with people, it kind of frustrates him if his left hook is going over their head all the time, or if his right straight is just like a little off center. And Volkanovski like somewhat new what was coming from Max Way. His defense on the, in the pocket was looking so good. And Max had a little bit of success at the end of first round, extending the combinations, but, but extending the combinations meant that he had to go through the early phase of the exchange first, and Volkanovski was winning those super big. So it was like a, a, big, a big risk to take. And at the end, uh, Holloway... Uh, Holloway decided to not take that big of a big of a risk yeah i i think i i don't know it it was max was like winning the the last third of the rounds for the first couple but it was almost like he thought if i win the middle rounds that's like the ticket to victory because he lost the first two rounds or first three rounds in their first fight lost the last three rounds in their second fight <laughs> if you listen to the judges so he's like oh i'll just win the middle rounds that's the issue but then he kind of let volk build up an attrition and round lead in the first round and then by the second round volk wasn't worn down enough for him to actually snowball no. at all and he was already too warmed up for him to blindside him with anything so he wasn't going to catch him with anything sneaky in fact he it seems really like he didn't establish his threats early enough at all yeah it seems like Bok is learning to snowball himself. Like, you can tell he's more of a neutralizer when it comes, like, as a personality, but he's adding more stuff and more stuff of this as the fight goes on. It happened in the zombie fight, and it happened here, and it's great. It's it's very promising for, for him. And it's very bad for the rest of the division. If I was in the division, I would be fucking scared of fighting Volkanovski, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. So if you give him someone like, I mean, the people in the come up are really just like Arnold Allen. I, I, uh, Allen I might be like the more the more interesting one because I think I think Volkanovski makes both Cater and Emmett look so stupid. Yeah, I, Emmett is a an interesting one just because Emmett's so powerful, but Emmett is not good enough at landing cleanly on people for me to really be worried about him against Volk. Like, it's worth noting that Volk is the the master strategist of the sport, and the, the reason that he beat Max Holloway so clearly in this fight was because it's the third fight, so him looking really good was also just a lot of his experience against him. Yeah. So... 
he he definitely had more uh, issues that were kind of laid bare in his two fights right before, except except for the Korean Zombie fight. That one was just kind of like like maintenance. He just he was like, oh, I I have to fight someone real quick because Max pulled out. Cool, I'll just kind of beat this guy. I'm ten times faster I just, than. I just showed the rest of the division what happens when you're not you're not Max Holloway. Yeah, yeah, and then the Ortega fight he pretty arguably finished him at the end of one of the rounds and the they just didn't stop it and they let Ortega go back to his corner on death's door as they're their one to do with uh, Ortega and they allowed Ortega's corner to do like straight up illegal stuff <laughs> like you cannot walk your fighter to the corner he has to get there by himself and and then he got extra time before the round started so yeah, it was fucky. Like that was a finish yeah. for for Bulk. Yeah. So at this point, him and Max have both finished Ortega, and I don't really have any doubt that Max would finish Green Zombie. So I don't really need to see that. So they, it, like Volk, is, he's improved a lot, of course, since the, like their trilogy started. But now it looks like he's like physically getting more powerful as well. And that makes no sense. Power, Max. That makes no sense because he's always been like a top tier athlete for the division, and he now has. he he looks even better. Like it's it's kind of fair to be honest. Yeah, maybe he's on like the super roids now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I'm tired of regular roids. Give me the super roids. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he's bald. It's not just the that he he didn't want to get guillotined. <laughs> but but like against Ortega, he showed some like lapses and things that you could kind of capitalize on. Like he mm. he didn't fade, but he yeah. slowed down and didn't put on as much in the fifth round. And it is kind of worth noting that though he should have finished Ortega, he didn't because yeah. even when given rounds after to finish him, so his body's still very hittable. But there's not many people in the division that are like there to capitalize on that so his familiarity with max though it's why he won this fight so clearly it's still very like he i i don't expect him to get caught cold just because uh he's fighting someone that he hasn't fought before yeah because it just hasn't happened in, in mma like Emmett presents some interesting stuff for him especially if he goes to the body a lot but but I don't know. I, I feel like Volkanov, if Emmett start blitzing to the body like he did against Cater, uh, Volkanovski just hits him in the face super hard. Yeah, his range is so tight, and his positioning for like taking a hop step diagonally and then just planting the counter is really good. The footwork is getting overextends so good. on everything. Oh yeah, his his footwork's fucking fantastic, and Emmett doesn't have like the the ring generalship or pressure f fighting tactics to actually keep Volkanovski on the fence. Yeah, Volkanovski so, would literally run circles around him. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be Emmett tries to set up to get Volk to the fence. Volk shuts it down in, like, the first layer of it and then steps out to the side and then is completely in the middle and just evades the blitz entirely. I think it would be that until he, like, rinse repeat until he finishes him. Or maybe he I could see him kind of kicking the shit out of Emmett what the, if it, I want to uh, see it just because I want to see him against someone with a similar yeah. frame to Emmett? Yeah, yeah, that that's what I, why I thought uh, an EGF fight would be interesting too, even though like Volkanovski is obviously like better everywhere, 
than him. But yeah, it would be interesting to see like Volkanovski fight someone with like the dimensions. Although we already saw like the Shed Mendes fight and he looks fantastic there. So yeah. Though a very different matchup, uh, despite yeah, very being different. Team Alpha Shad guys. and and Emmett, very different fighters. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we cannot talk about good fights forever. So, so yeah, I mean, what do you think for Bulk? Uh, does he move up, fight Oliveira, or or does he stay at one forty-five and fight Emmett? I think he has. I think both options are like equally good, but I think lightweight is just difficult for him. Like, if I would pick Max, or I would pick Charles Oliveira to knock Volk the fuck out so confidently. Yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be so sure, but, but I can see it for sure. I would just pick him to put power on Volk immediately on the front foot. He is the type of, like, forward mover that really would give Volk a lot of problems. Yeah. He, he kicks linearly a lot. Uh, he has really fast kicks. He's very powerful at kicking. His timing is great for counters with the hands. Uh, he's a lot longer. He would be jump kneeing him all the time against the fence. Like Volk has really good ring craft, but you can get him on the fence if you're a pressure guy that's trying to get him there. A pressure guy that especially that throws straight and and has a has a lot of pop. So. Yeah, and 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 has like really good tactics for keeping someone on the fence and Charles is like hittable, but he's not like, he's very not kickable. He's really hard to kick. So I'd expect Volk to just not be able to get his kicking game off and also be getting kicked back and then probably just get power put on him. Unless he had like a tune up fight at lightweight where he could kind of build some size. Cause yeah. when Charles first went up to lightweight, he wasn't a very large lightweight. And now that he's, now he's uh, fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's like the biggest lightweight <laughs> for 10 division spots, you know? So if Volk could kind of bulk up into the division, maybe I could see the matchup being a bit diff- different. But at this point, I would just expect him to go into the fight, get hossed in any grappling exchange, and knocked out really hard. It, just put on the back foot from the get go and probably finished in three minutes. Yeah, you never know when a guy moves up. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, but but Oliveira is like a especially hard matchup. I I agree with that. Um, but yeah, Bog is so adaptable that I wouldn't like completely count him out. No, he he could come into the fight with a lot of things uh, that could give Charles troubles. But I struggle to think of something he could come up with that Charles wouldn't be able to adapt to pretty quickly. Yeah, and Oliveira having, like, incredible cardio is a lot of trouble for Volk, too. Like, it's not about just surviving the early, because Oliveira will keep just kicking your ass for the whole fight. Yeah, and Volk is probably the best guy Charles would have fought in his recent run at actually, like, putting people away if he hurts them, or being able to keep them on the ground, or hang in with them on the ground. But... Even while Ortega was horribly hurt, he still got Volk into a really fucking clean triangle. Yeah. Uh, or, or, like, a really close triangle. And I just see Charles being able to do all of that, but while being much larger and better at jiu-jitsu and, and having stronger. a better top game. Yeah. Like, if he gets on top of Volk, that's rough. He also is, is just a much better ground and pounder. So he might start the fight just 
kind of the way that the the Jim Miller fight started where Jim just threw a leg kick and then tried to spin through in it and Charles just stepped in real deep and then picked him up and <laughs> threw him to the floor because he was 5'7". Yeah, it's it's rough, but but I would watch, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to see the fight. But I think that that is a much worse idea for him than just establishing himself as the greatest featherweight of all time, which he could do with, like, two more defenses. Yeah, I mean... I still think he's like pretty far from Aldo right now, but but for most people, he's probably going to be the GOAT with one or two more fights. So, How long Aldo stayed on top is definitely like way more notable than what Volk has, but if Volk gets like one more win, I think his wins eclipse uh, Aldo's pretty I hard. Mean, Aldo have like Two wins and two wins against Frankie and Chad, so it's it's very comparable. Like Volk has the max fights, but but other than that, they are pretty close. I would say. I think it's just Max being on Volk's record because yeah. I think Max is the is like the best skill for skill uh, featherweight ever yeah. still. Like, Volk's more adaptable. Like, he, he might be better in a, the sense of, like, who is better at winning fights, but I think just overall skill depth, Max, is the best. Mm, skill depth, I, I would put Aldo over Holloway myself, but... It, it's close, at least. Yeah, yeah, they, they are both... They are... Different they, types of skill, too. Yeah, but I, I would say those three are, like, way above the rest. Even yeah. way above Connor, I would say, easily. Yeah, I think they're they're way above them. So the fact that Volk has a win over okay form Aldo just in like a kind of tepid fight, that, yeah, that's still I notable. I, yeah, I, I don't give much weight to that fight because it was so bad. But yeah, the the wins against Holloway, the Holloway are huge for sure. Yeah, he, he has two really clean victories over him and then yeah. one fight that yeah. is kind of a clean loss, but it's a decision, so who cares? It's not like he got finished. Well, and then Max, his resume is built on just beating Aldo twice really clearly. Yeah. I mean, not prime Aldo, but still a very, very good Aldo, so. Um, so, what's next for Max? Give him Ortega? I Ortega's was... about to fight Yair, so. Yeah, winner, winner of that, probably, right? Yeah. Because like I mean, both, both are rematches, but but like what yeah. else is there for Max at this point? It's like I don't know the Yair fight wouldn't make much sense, but you kind of have to do it if uh, he ends up beating him, unless they want to give or, Max Emmett or like Max versus Giga, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they might try and do that because I think the UFC would think Giga would win. And he would, like, Max would fuck him up, but... <laughs> oh my god, Max would kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with Giga dying, so, yeah. Let's do that instead. So, yeah, it was cool talking about the good fight, but we have to talk about the, the actual main event that wasn't as good. So, yeah. Adesanya did his usual, like, jab and leg kick stuff. And beat... Jared Canyonier, unanimous decision and all that. What happened there? Uh, Israel Adesanya, 
he said he had an off night, which, I mean, no shit, we noticed. It, it, it was just kind of like a very lukewarm, I will jab and I will low kick and then easily decision the guy. But I'll also let the guy into the fight too much by not pushing my advantages ever. It was just a very Valentina Shevchenko performance by him. Yeah. Except, like, I don't know, more consistent because he gets, uh, he's, like, not normally in competitive fights in his last few. <laughs> um, talking about pushing advantages, I think Canyonier did not do that. No, I thought Canyonier in particular looked worse than Izzy. It's why I didn't look, I didn't, like, get too upset about Izzy looking bad. Because I feel like a lot of it was Cannoneer just being tentative and not stumbling onto the right things until too late and then not pressing those things once he found them. Yeah, I think the like Cannoneer's game plan was like staying very safe because eventually you'll get the knockout. But he wasn't building anything to actually get the knockout. So it was a very like not smart game plan. Like you cannot count on Adesanya giving you like the stupid counter you need. Like, that's, that's not what he does. Like, you need to, to build something by yourself. And and I guess Canyonier always kind of looks at fights like that, but it, was, it wasn't going to happen against Adesanya. Um, I think if he pushed the, the clinch earlier and stopped, like, trying for takedowns and instead, like, just held DC against the cage and work the body and the head um, it could have been different but but Canyonier is like he always does the same thing and and try to adapt but you can tell it's hard for him to do like different stuff so it wasn't a very good performance at least yeah. that was better than try, trying to be a wrestler that he obviously is not and he had some good tactical tools like, he had the right idea of leg-kicking with Easy, and went to the body here here and there, but the volume was so low that even at the Sanjay, his lowest volume was outstriking him, like, plentifully. Yeah, it, Cannoneer did cool things uh, with, like, tie-ups that seemed dangerous for Izzy, but I think though Izzy has regressed a lot, in, in his striking skill set, I think something that he has genuinely gotten a lot better at since the Gaslam fight is just seeing MMA fighters' punches coming. It, like, his vision's always been really good, but he kind of got surprised by Gaslam a couple times, and it wasn't even anything particularly crafty. It was just MMA fighters doing MMA fighter shit that kind of bothered him. And he's not susceptible to that in the same way that he was at that point. Because Gaslam, what, like, dinged him while grabbing the wrist and then uh, catching him as he faded off the side, kind of nice. And it didn't even really hurt Izzy. And then he threw the first head kick of the entire fight and hurt <laughs> yeah. Izzy. So just weird shit that you can't really blame Izzy too much for getting hurt by, but something that you can definitely learn from. You just have to have your eyes, like, ready for everything in MMA because people will get you with some sneaky shit because there's so many things you can do. So just being really far away and... Uh, like limiting the exchanges so that you'll if you do get hit on the chin you just see it coming it helped him a lot like he got hit by really 
like a couple clean shots by Rob Whitaker in the second fight that didn't affect him at all. He got hit pretty clean over his shoulder by Cannoneer in this fight and didn't really get phased by it. Yeah, he, he has incredible lies. You cannot deny that part of Adesanya. Yeah, and, and that part of him is as good as it's ever been, if not the best. But that's not enough. Like, you, you still have to fucking throw strikes. Yeah, it was. And, and I sent you a talk after the fact that that Kanyeer was very prepared to to not get hit with the right hand, but come on, dude. Like, you, you could have tried harder. I mean, obviously, you don't have to, but... But I mean, Chris Pratt was right. If you were going to talk that much shit, you should try at least to back it up. Yeah, if you're just going to win like that, just say, I'm going to outclass this guy with just jabs and low kicks. <laughs> but do not say, like, I'm going to, like, literally say, like, it's going to be, like, a special finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to style on this guy. Like, if that's his idea, styling, which I know it isn't because he he was disappointed with his performance a little bit. He said he's had an off night. But he's had some off nights consecutively at this point. The fact that he thought he looked good against Vittori is, like, a pretty bad look, I think. Yeah. Like, that's not that uh, good from, like, a future prospect's perspective because if that's the standard that he's at. Because he was upset at himself for finishing his first UFC opponent not that cool. Yeah. Like, not that cool of a way. And now he's, like trying to convince himself the the boring decisions are very good i think the yeah. i really think the blachowicz fight did a, a number on his head i think yeah he he thought he was just able to like easily tool everyone but then just an mma fighter that's kind of consistent and has three or four really annoying uh tactical issues that make the fight really hard for Izzy to win combined with some like physicality differences like really just John Blachowicz being good at defending kicks and uh, like an active kicker himself that understands basic kicking with kicker tactics yeah and, and also and, like, timing also having a jab that is like of similar reach or yeah of Isis. it was all very troublesome for him in a, a pretty varied jab like Jan will will like fuck with the timing on it or he pairs it with things well. Also jabs to the chest. That is something yep. that Adesanya doesn't like. I mean, no, most Izzy does fighters. not like getting hit in the body. Yeah. And Canyonier had success here and there, but uh, Canyonier has that trouble. He he cannot push his advantages. He, he either catch, catches you sleeping or or like just murders you with someone like immediately but he's not good at building up stuff that's his biggest problem i would say like yeah, I... like he's very good at finding the the good moments to turn fights around but but for example the the Whitaker, like when he rocked Whitaker at the end that happened by chance like they fight they fight five times and that doesn't happen on every fight maybe on two yeah, I agree. Um, Cannoneer was... Like, he had cool ideas that led to him being more competitive in the fight than he should have been. 
but he didn't press them enough because I actually had the fight 2-2 going into the fifth, but it didn't feel competitive. It felt like, huh, this fight's now 2-2 because Izzy didn't do anything in the fourth and fifth, or, or the third and fourth. So, and he got clinched a little bit and and uh, just, like, held on the fence and overhanded. Yeah, I think Izzy was, like, super clearly winning everything, but... But then it was like got, he was winning started, the dynamic, but yeah, on but damage, he was, literally... It was starting like to get winning. close, and, like, why is it getting close? Like, there's... On one hand, you have, uh, uh, you have Adesanya that it's the guy that builds up of his offense. And on the other hand, you have Kanye that waits for moments. You would guess that Adesanya was going to be the guy that was going to get better as the fight progressed. But it wasn't like that, like, Kanye was having better and better rounds as, as the fight went on. Um, I mean, Asanya still won, like, super clearly, but but it wasn't a great look. I think the, the criticism is is deserved, especially for the kind of, of a scrutiny that Asanya puts on himself, I think. Um, I wasn't very impressed. Uh, let's see what happens against the Pereira fight, I think. I, I don't think Izzy will go, like, full wrestler mode, but I think he will try to have some tricks to get the fight into the grappling world. Yeah, I think he might try knee-tap Pereira and get, like, f- kneed. <laughs> that would be funny if he gets knocked out shooting on him. <laughs> that would be very funny. Uh, I, I f- Honestly, I think it's a really good fight to make because Izzy has regressed in a lot of ways that I don't think Pereira has. I think they've both geared their striking games towards handling MMA fighters very well, but in very different ways. Uh, Like, their frames kind of cause there to be similarities in the way they've structured their MMA game compared to their kickboxing game. They're still very different, yeah. Yeah, but but their, their application of that is much different. Like, Izzy is able to put on more volume on the back foot than he ever was in kickboxing. Like, he he is a good pressure fighter that when he gets his game going, comes forward and just takes a bunch of angles and fucks you up with, yeah. like, clean counterpunching and good combination work. I mean, and nowadays he's like, yeah, no, I, I won't do that. <laughs> I will yeah, stay and- behind my Java Maleki. And if you happen to, like, give me a stupid exchange, I will finish you, but if you don't, I'm okay with just, like, staying on the outside. Yeah, and Pereira, however, his kickboxing game was kind of just middle distance, like, don't pressure or go backward. Like, he would pressure some people, and some people he would choose to take the back foot. But when he was just having his game, it was a lot of just dance around at range, sometimes incidentally get against the ropes, and then find nice counter opportunities or just land with full power occasionally and, and kill someone. Didn't even always need a counter. Yeah. And then in MMA, he's doing a lot more just, like, tap at someone with body jabs, pull them towards you, get them to overextend and reach for your head, and then knock them out uh, as they're putting themselves out of position. And that worked perfectly on Strickland, but against Izzy, I think Izzy's still wise enough to, like, not get fucked up by that. So, it's it's a weird fight where Pereira is probably less capable of knocking out the same Izzy that he fought whenever he knocked him out. 
but might but be it's better not same as to to knock out this easy yeah is what you're saying yeah yeah he definitely could have a i think it would be it's going to be a more competitive fight than their first two fights were because their first two fights weren't really competitive at all izzy beat the shit I, out of him yeah i still think like uh, sanja is going to to be winning every moment that Pereira is not like landing something big but and it might be it might end up being like a like a steady volume versus moments fight where Alessandra is like win every round that he doesn't get like knocked down. Yeah, and the issue for him is that Pereira is like a f he's not just a knockout artist, he's a finisher. Like if he fucking hurts you, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And and like it has transitioned super well into MMA. Like <laughs> that second shot that he landed on Strickland was beautiful, like. Yeah, it's nice to see a kickboxer have a good understanding of MMA finishing instincts. Yeah. He didn't just he didn't wait for him to fully stand up into his stance before he no, killed no, him. He's he, like, he oh, just he, he's leaning over. Again. Yeah, yeah the, he, the heavy there, there, I'm going to punch it. Like. Why, do, why do more than that? And a lot of MMA fighters, like, I feel like Brad Riddell, if he hurt someone... He's either going to do the MMA fight thing where you just uh, take their back in, while they're on turtle and start punching the side of the head, <laughs> or he'll overextend and, and like throw a really hard punch to their head and miss as they're standing up, or he'll just wait for them to regain their stance and try and finish them along the fence. While a guy like Pereira, or even Izzy, they'll fucking finish you no matter where you are yeah. in MMA. Yeah, Sanjay is knows that you don't get call up for for hitting the back of the head so he just go nuts <laughs> and yeah he's landing some good elbows in the back and of the you head. have no reason to not do that to be honest in like an, an important fight yeah there's like there's like every single card a bellator fight that that doesn't get called for uh strikes to the back of the head and they're really obvious so the only question left is like, who does Canyonier fight now? Uh, you could give him Rob Whitaker again. Uh. That wouldn't be a terrible <laughs> fight. They're both coming off a lost Izzy. Um, I would be more interested like in Canyonier versus Vettori. Oh, if Vettori versus Whitaker is still a thing, I don't know. Um. Canyonier versus Strickland, I guess. Uh, yeah. We didn't mention that. That that's a, a decent possibility, actually. Yeah, I can actually see that. That's a really fucking difficult fight for both guys. I. Yeah, both like, guys I, are like terrible for each other. Yeah, but in unique ways that that could make the fight snowball really hard and make it look like one guy was always gonna win. Like, Cannoneer might just fucking kill him because he's way more dynamic and actually, like, puts his power on people. But he's also flusterable enough and, and has enough troubles with seeing straight shots to where Strickland could put some shots on him and maybe get an attrition finish. Yeah, I, I, I could see, like, Cannoneer starting to overreact to Strickland's jab and then, like, starting getting hit with everything else. And... But also, like, yeah, Canyonier could just kill him. Um, I'm okay so with that fight, actually. Yeah, never, that's never a good thought fight. about it. Never thought about it before, but but yeah, that, that would. Yeah, good. me neither. Yeah, it, it sounds like a, a 
the smart fight to make. They're both coming off a loss, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just a little hard because Strickland got highlight real knockout, like knocked out while Cannonier just lost like a tap decision. But the UFC tends to reward you getting knocked out horribly rather than uh, rewarding you for yeah, (laughs) rewarding you for losing a boring fight. Someone who knows? Maybe maybe that's that's the fight. Um, this has been pretty long, so, uh, that's okay. Inform our listeners about our Patreon, please, Christian. Okay. If you spend $3, you can get in just to look at all this content. You know, there's good content on, uh, the Patreon, but where the real, (laughs) like, money is at is the two extra dollars to get into the Discord. There you can talk to almost every member of the staff. Uh, or at least most of the active members. You can talk to me. You can talk to Sriram. Fanyo's on there sometimes. Silas is on there if you add him. You know, like, we, we got Ed sometimes. And then there's a few people like Tumen that are in there all, all the time. And Hacks. You know, like, I, I'm in there constantly pretty much. So you can go in there and hang out. And we have fight night watch parties every single card. I'm going to be in there uh, for next card. Uh, Fiziev RDA. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a bunch of people that you haven't even met before that are really smart that know about fighting. So if you want to go over there and hang out, it's a great community. And that's where, like, that's like the best deal uh, for the Patreon. Because, you know, for more, you can uh, also have requests. It's very cool. You can request things from people. But just get in the Discord and then you can talk to people. It's very fun. Make friends. Be social. Yeah, I mean... Why wouldn't you want to have smart friends? That's the best. No such thing as too many friends. Not at all. So, yeah, I mean, that was the podcast. It was very good, actually. I mean, always is. It has been for the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah, these last nine years have been great, man. It's a decade, so what else can we say? Um... We'll be back next week to talk about the the VCF RDA card. And and yeah, that's it. Um, the future Gary Machado. Yeah, Ian the future Gary Machado, Gary the future. Yeah. Goodbye. Have, later. <laughs>